Late Night Conversations Social Conversations Yes, it's uh, 13 minutes past 10, so it's Late Night Conversations. It's uh, June 16, the 45th anniversary of uh, the June 16 uh, uh, uprising, and uh, we lead the conversation on SAFM. And don't forget, if you want to join the conversation, you can do so on the Joburg number 011-714-2066 or 011-482-1863. Alternatively, SMS us on the number 41391. That SMS will call Cost you a rand fifty. We are equally on WhatsApp on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. That's zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. We are on the DSTV audio uh, bouquet channel eight one four, and you can also tweet us on hashtag SAFMLNC. We're also on Facebook SAFM Radio, mm-hmm. Twitter at SAFM Radio, Instagram at SAFM Radio, and on YouTube as well at SAFM Radio. So Billy. Silikane uh, is uh, number one professional inspirational speaker uh, in Africa and uh, he joins me in the Mindfulness Wednesday session uh, to talk youth resilience, if at all it is there. And the question he asks is, have we failed our youth by not preparing them uh, thoroughly uh, for the process of life? We made things appear a little easy. Hello, Billy Silicone. Nice to talk to you here. Hey, KG. How are you? Long time. Long time. Uh, Me and you, we move around the same cycle. I always say about the radio business, we're the same people. We just move around. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, so listen, uh, it's uh, 45 years of uh, the 1976 uprising. There's now a couple of generations uh, that, yeah. unlike you and me, were not necessarily there. And mm-hmm. uh, we tell them about it as if, you know, it's just really a story, but it mm. isn't a story. Uh, you know, how do we inspire a different generation? Is even inspiration uh, relevant to this generation? Well, I think, KG, one of the fallacies that we did, and we spoke about this a couple of times, and we keep talking about it, is we the biggest mistake that me and you, our generation, did is when we went through, and, and some of us were young, but we knew what was happening in 1976, and then the, stir, the story continued, and we fought, we fought, and, and we had this great hunger to succeed at whatever we were doing, either soccer, academics, radio, sports, whatever. And we crossed the, the River Rubicon, and we, we, we really, most of us, made manifest of what we wanted to become. And I think at that time that we, we, we crossed the river, river, we then had kids, you know, which is the generation that we're struggling with now. And the first thing that we did is instead of educating them, not in a classroom environment, but educating them and giving them the context of life, where we came from, what the gym is, and where we're hoping to go to, we then started buying stuff for them. You know, Molly coddled them. Yes. I mean, in a way that made them disabled them, literally, you know. You know my son, I, I mean, my younger son is nine years old. And the other day we were fighting for the iPad. I said, no, 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 no iPad, nothing. You've got to go outside. Let's go and take a walk and take the dog for a walk, whatever. Then he says, so, Dad, when you were my age, what were you playing with? <laughs> Did you have an iPad? I said, no, I was playing with bricks, literally bricks. 
building mud houses outside and we would fight with, 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 with mud and all these kind of things. So we experienced the essence of the truth of what life was about. So that, the fact that we had nothing, and in the space of nothingness, we molded ourselves into something else. I missed a very tough environment. And here they are with everything, Wi-Fi, everything else, and yet they don't have this thing that we have, which is called grit, you know, resilience. They mm. keep up easy, and suddenly, I mean, we take them to psychologists, and what is it that we did wrong? And, and for me, it's a very profound and deep question. Did we set these kids up for failure? And I believe we did, you know. I believe we gave them the the wrong narrative that uh, things are easy. Because that's what we pretended in front of them. We have three cars in the house, air conditioner, you know, Netflix. They can go to Rocco Mamas anytime they want. On their birthday, it's a spare thing. Everybody shows up. And I, I used to fight so much with people and say, why do you buy gifts for people that are coming to a party? You know, they've got to go out with party pegs. We never had these things. Mm. So therefore, we've created an environment that says to these guys, you know, go to school, get a degree, get a job. Life is going to be beautiful. Mm. I, that's interesting to me uh, that you would say that because I, you know, from all of the things that I was reading today, I one of the things that were glaring to me is I live in a country uh, that really represents two dichotomies, right? Yeah, yeah, the the yeah. what the generation that you speak of, the the mm-hmm. privileged kids, really. That mm-hmm. that's who you're talking of, the ones that yeah. have access to Netflix and 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 all of those many things. But there's also over sixty six. 60% of young people uh, that have no access to employment, uh, yeah. that that still face high levels of poverty and mm-hmm. watch, right, through mm-hmm. social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, or uh, whatever these social media platforms are, watch a generation that has everything, right? Yeah. And that generation that has everything... Uh, models their everything to the generation that doesn't. Yeah. And and that for me is what was glaring to me as I was reading everything and listening to the president uh, that the truth of it is 27 years into democracy, there is this thorn uh, that we have to carry, that mm. we have a generation of young kids that are not able to access opportunities. What do we say to those ones? Mm. Well, I, I think what we need to do, uh, KG, we need to build a bridge between the two worlds. And and these are literally two worlds, you know, the developed and the developing world in the same country, sadly. You know, the developing world has always been the township. The township has always been called developmental and forever. It's been a developmental space and a space of, you know, fighting for very limited resources. Then we've got the outside, the township environment, which is privilege, where there's access, you know, there's too much of things. Mm-hmm, you know. The suburbs. Yeah, I'm, I'm a suburbs, you know, there's three bicycles for one kid, you know, and, you know, there's just there's four computers in the house, there's seven phones in the house, <laughs> you know, there's, it's crazy. But but what then we're doing, we're creating these two worlds and we, we're then hoping that somehow these two worlds will meet. But these two worlds will not meet because the one world has a negative disposition of the other mm-hmm. and then the other has a disposition that says, 
you are complacent. Mm-hmm. So guys in the township look at the kids in the suburb and say, you've got access to everything and you're not tough. And the guys in the suburb says, yeah, we've got everything that we want from our parents, but you don't seem to be doing your things to shift your life. Hmm. So there are these two worlds, but we, we now are faced with a, a very difficult thing that we need to do. We need to build a bridge between the two worlds. Mm-hmm. And in building this bridge, we need to deprive the other and open the other, which is kind of like the way that we do it is going to become difficult. So it's like my son, I will always say to him, whatever. So he'll say to me, yeah, this toy, whatever, I say, cool. How much is that toy? He says, I'm not sure. I said, I'll tell you how much it costs. I said to him, that toy costs 250. And I said to him, so what are you willing to do to earn the 250? Then he'll say, okay. I'll say, okay, here's what, taking my shoes is 50 bucks, doing this, doing this, it's so much. You know, and every time you do this task, you come to me, there's a book, I sign that I'm, I'm in debt. And when the month comes that you have reached your target, mm. we are going to buy you this new toy. But here's what you need to do. You then need to take out one of the toys that you're not going to use anymore and find a place where you can donate it. So there has to be a give and take. You know, even though you've entered the new one, take the, the old one and go and give somebody who does not even dream about it because they've got no access to it. But when you give it, you don't dump it. You don't you don't just go and dump it. Then then the giving means nothing. Yeah, yeah. You you go to the so we go to Tembisa. I'm from Tembisa, you know. So we either go to my cousins or to the wealth or whatever. And I say, You're going to play with this kid with this toy that you're going to hand it over to him. Play with him and at the end of your one hour, thirty, forty minutes, then say to him, you know, the time that I spent with you, I'm honoring you by giving you this. Then there's this connect that one does not come to, with a big privilege that I'm going to dump mm. and the other one does not have the attitude that or things get dumped to me, you know. So there's no reciprocal mm-hmm. or reciprocity. So my son says, I'm coming here, I'm connecting with you, I've had fun with you, I want to honor you back. So this kid says, oh wow, I played with you and therefore you have respected me. You're not giving me out of pity but you're giving me to create this connection between the two of us. Hmm. What is the, what according to you is the stark difference between um, the youth of today? By the way, uh, join this conversation if you want to, as I talk to Billy Siligane on uh, the number 011-714-2006. That's 011-714-2006 or 011-482-1863. Or you can WhatsApp us. In fact, somebody has already WhatsApped us and said June 16, 1976 is no longer relevant. But it's a reference to AMA 2000. And it brings me um, on that WhatsApp line, 0614104107. It brings me to this question then, Billy Siligane. What Mm. is the stark difference between the youth of today, uh, the one that uh, the the person uh, who WhatsApp us calls AMA 2000, and the youth of 1976, because isn't it incredible that the youth of 1976 did not have the internet? Mm. Uh, their phones were probably largely uh, tapped, uh, mm. but they had the courage to, uh, with all of the limited resources that they yeah. had, to organize one of the biggest revolutions, right, yeah. of, mm. of, of that era and bring to life, uh, you know, things that people who were underground or 
people who were in exile uh, were trying to work at, but they stood up to a repressive government mm. and they said, we're not comfortable with you teaching us in a language that we don't understand. And mm. that revolution, of course, started in Soweto, but spread largely all over South Africa without the kind of resources yeah. that the youth of today have. Because the youth of today have the world on their smartphone, right? Yeah. Uh, mm. They can have friends all over the world on their mm. smartphone. They can uh, do work and make money on their smartphone uh, mm. without needing to leave the confines of, the uh, yeah. of their environment. So mm. what, according to you, is the stark difference between that youth and th- th- this youth? And how does one learn from another, if at mm. all? Well, the, the youth of 76 <clears throat> had a course, you know. They had a, a a much more deeper and compelling value proposition, which was the transformation of a society which was, which was oppressed. So they had a very deep-rooted course that said our lives will never shift and our lives will mean nothing until we change the status quo. So that was the, the galvanizing uh, uh, call, you know, the call to action. And that call to action was so powerful that they were willing to give away their lives for it. Mm-hmm. it that's how deep uh, it was. And most of them did. Actually, uh, quite a number of them did, who sadly, not all of them are celebrated, but mm-hmm. quite a, a massive number did. Mm-hmm. And that 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 time, that, that day, and that moment, you know, created a different historic perspective and historic journey for the country up until we got to 1994. Without 1990, without 1976, there would never be a 1994. That's mm-hmm. just a fact, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So that's what that youth had. Now, this youth, that, that is part of this, of the 2000. If you looked at 1994, blah, 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 there was, it was almost like, oh, we have arrived, and now let's have a big party. You know, let's not be responsible, we're old, free education, free everything else. Mm-hmm. But then nature reminded us that we're not really as much in control as we thought we were. Came COVID-19. Now, what COVID-19 did... Ooh, I haven't even started with COVID-19. <laughs> you just reminded me, yeah? So what COVID-19 did was an amazing thing. It, I, I, I said that it dematerialized the world in a way that we've never seen. When I'm saying dematerialized, sure. I, I always say to people that you know, suddenly the CEO is no longer CEO because he's working from home, his dad or mom, you know. Uh, suddenly that V12 big car that has got eight exhaust means nothing because it's parked in the garage. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the expensive Hugo Boss suit, it's it's in the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Suddenly that black tub that used to intimidate people about how much credit you have meant nothing because restaurants were closed. So what that, that time did for us, which I'm I'm, I'm so sad that I'm observing that people have not learned from it. There was a a a call to humanity mm-hmm. in the sense like that says all these things that we thought elevated us. I am CEO, I am this, I have got I live in this house, I drive this car, all of those things meant nothing. So what we were called to us was let's respect and connect at a human level. Now this youth their call to action would be how do we, when the world is completely reset, because the reset is not even known, where the new normal has not even set, mm. but their course, their new call to action is 
how do we create a new and more humane world, mm-hmm. you know? Because KG, poverty and all of these things are not illnesses. They're man-made. They're man-made. Pause. They're man-made. Pause because your people want to talk to you. Remember, I'm a visitor in this house. Uh, you know, <laughs> your people want to talk to you. Aisha in uh, Uppington, welcome to uh, Late Night Conversations. Good evening. Good evening, Katie. I think I should welcome you. Thank you. That's a nice, because when somebody comes to visit at your house, you welcome them, right? I'm at exactly. your guy's house. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, let me begin with um, Mr. Selikani. The last time we met, you you got me really wound up. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you are man enough to accept that you were wrong in our last conversation. Yeah. Now to the and and I appreciate that because that takes a special kind of of human, the kind that (laughs) that we're trying to inculcate. Absolutely, I agree with that. Uh, Now to the matter at hand. Given that we have different perspectives on history, for the record, South Africa is a dream defiled. Firstly, say that again. Second, say that again. Your your line lets us down. South Africa is a dream defiled. Defiled. A dream defiled. Yes. Mm-hmm. Se- secondly, Mr. Silicani, this is not just for for you, but for all people that have material wealth. It is not about giving charity. That is the problem. And thirdly, when the peoples of South Africa decided to stand up, it was not to create a a a, a wealthy class and 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 the rest of us. Yes. It it was for the total emancipation, political, economic, social, Social. all the things for everybody. So what you teach your your children is not to give charity, but to be human and to create opportunities. And when they get into positions of power, not to be corrupt. That is what it's about. Okay, bye bye. Okay, <laughs> I, you, you know, I think I think she gets to the to the crux of 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 what we uh, also have been trying to get to. That the truth of the matter is, we live in an extremely unequal society. Yeah. Uh, Twenty seven years into uh, democracy, and 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 you know, there's those that have, and the ones that have have a lot okay yeah, yeah, at yeah. the expense of those that that, that don't really have don't have and yeah. and 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 it can't be that
that we say, okay, so you've got the fanciest toy. Give mm-hmm. it to the child at Tembisa who yeah. doesn't have, uh, ex- excuse me to all the people in Tembisa. I'm yeah. merely uh, ma- making an example, but, but who doesn't have? Either yeah. way, I think w- what, what Aisha w- was saying is we, we need to empower the child in Tembisa yeah. uh, uh, for, 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 uh, f- to create an enabling environment for him to be able to also reach out and grab and have opportunities to Absolutely. the kinds of things that they want to have. Absolutely. And, and for me, I mean, Aisha was very right in what she said. And I think, KG, one of the things that I've always been struggling with, and I've spoken about this in many, many platforms around the country, and certainly nobody seems to, to get what I'm talking about. And I hope our president will sometimes, or maybe hear what I'm saying. And or, or what I'm saying is, KG, as a nation, as South Africans, if me and you were to have an argument, mm-hmm. you know, like a really heated argument. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> there has to be a time or a place in that argument where I say to you, KG, your behavior is un-South African, you know? Hmm. And that should be a really point for you to now retrospect and think, oh my God, what did I say, which makes me non-South African? And how, how, do, you, how do you get to that? I think as a country, we don't have values we have not defined our core values you know what are the guiding principles what are the values that will hold dear as a nation we have not done that but am and, i lying billy when i say we also have bred um a youth that um that are defining um materialism as yes, a value yes. system yes sadly sadly Sadly, because of the absence of core values that, you know, when you've got core values, they define the essence of who you are. Uh, a friend of mine from the Netherlands, Paul Terval, calls them the non-negotiables. What are your non-negotiables? So therefore, in the absence of the non-negotiables, we use materialistic uh, uh, achievement as a way to define who we are. And when people define themselves by material, it shows you how poor they are. It is, it is the highest level of poverty. You know, which is quite sad, because I usually say to people, you know, there's nothing I said, there's people who are so poor, all they have is money and things, you know. And, and therefore, as a nation, we have to define what our values are, so that our young people can then say, you know, I'll give an example. If you look at a, a country like Singapore, mm-hmm. meritocracy is a value in Singapore. Mm-hmm. You will get a job, you'll be promoted, not because you are this name, you are from this district, you know this person who will give you an opportunity because you deserve it based on your value proposition, based on what you can deliver, you know. So meritocracy is a very strong value in Singapore, you know. And, and until we get to that level, and, and, and I hope that somebody who's listening whispers to the ear of the president and say, even... Even, you know, there are three fundamental things that we don't have as a nation. We don't have a, a, a clearly defined vision. Mm-hmm. What is South Africa's vision? Number two, we don't have clearly defined values, which are uh, guiding principles. Number four, we don't have a clearly defined mission, you know, as a nation. There's the NDP. The NDP, everybody who was part of the NDP still debate that it doesn't speak to, to, to what the country and where the country is going. And, and I believe where we are now, the NDP is, is becoming obsolete. So, away from who's the DA, EFF, blah, 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 we need to define the nationhood of this country. 
Aisha said uh, she describes uh, South Africa as a dream. I think, I, I don't know if I heard her correctly. She was saying as a dream defiled or a dream deferred. I'm not sure. Yeah. I but wanna, I think it is a dream deferred. Uh, okay, a, let's stay with a dream deferred. Yeah. Um, because he, he, she spoke about all of the inequalities, whether yeah. they be social, uh, whether they be political. Uh, it's almost as if from what you're saying as well, that uh, what we knew when we wanted to end apartheid is we wanted to end a repressive system. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended a repressive system. But that's as far as we planned. Uh, yeah. be, be, beyond that... Uh, yeah, KG, I don't think we had a plan for the day after. Let's talk about leadership uh, because we have leaders. Uh, um, I was looking at the list of parties that want to contest the local government elections. Oh, there are many, you know. Uh, We have quite a number of them. Uh, And and they they all each have leaders and and some big organization even have camps. One camp is left, one camp is right. right, Does does the current (laughs) leadership in our country inspire our youth. They all spoke, right? Today, they were on television. They took their time, uh, you know, uh, they asserted themselves to these uh, young and and vulnerable and open and uh, impressionable minds. They, every one of them, whenever they were being interviewed uh, by television media, wanted to make sure that they leave the most biting soundbite, right? Mm. When that media house leaves. But do they inspire our youth if not what can be done to make sure that we demand that as an ethos from the people that lead us that they need to inspire the young generation of south africans you know you said something which was very profound you spoke about sound bites and certainly most of the leaders who gave speeches today those speeches were written on their behalf they were written by guys that were taught media guys that were taught psychology, guys that were taught, you know, rhetoric. So all of the speeches that, all of the speeches that you had today, I can promise you, from the president to whoever spoke today, none of those speeches were written by the people that delivered them. <laughs> so there was no authenticity at all. It was playing to the, to the gallery, quite honestly. None but isn't them. that politics, though? But, you know, that's the saddest thing about it. And I think that as a country, you know, KG, maybe you should take time and research what is happening in Senegal. You remember Senegal was on, on fire at some point in time? Mm-hmm. And then some amazing... Actually, the Rainbow Nation is being rebuilt in Senegal as we speak. I don't even want to start the discussion of the Rainbow Nation, but I want to interject. There's people that want uh, to uh, say some things to you. So I'm going to play cool. some voice notes and oh, then right. go to some calls because, like I said, I'm a visitor here. These are your people. <laughs> Let them talk to you and, and say what they want to say to you. I, I hope I haven't offended them, but here's what they have to say. Cool. <laughs> Good evening. This is Takatso Khadasi from New Brighton, Port Elizabeth. There's a growing um, utterance that Youth Day um, should not be commemorated um, because of the plight and the many social ills and economic ills that are faced by young people. But I beg to differ because if we accurately analyze what the generation of 1976 did without the gadgets and the resources that we have today, they were able 
to organize themselves and make a difference. Um, so through that, we can learn certain lessons that through collaboration and through a collective, a lot of these social ills and economic ills that plague the youth um, can be redressed by taking the lessons from 1976. So um, I just wanted to register that fact as a young person. Thank you. Good evening, KG. I would like to engage Mr. Selekane and actually disagree with some of his views to what he said in the beginning where he said that young people have everything today and make an example of Wi-Fi access. Not every young person has access to that. It is a privilege for some and for some is still a struggle that prevents so many dreams like from coming to to be realized so i think we should be looking into what are the missing links the missing links between the older generation and the generation the present generation is the older generation should be asking themselves what is it that we have missed in mm. terms of teaching young people responsibility have we taught young people the importance of activism what kind of activism have we ta have we taught young people the importance of political participation how do we teach them to responsibly intervene and solve issues of this country and also as young people i don't think we are expected to fill in the shoes of what the youth of 1976 have paved mm. it is a continuum that we need to understand yes as young people but we also need to be given a chance to redefine and recreate our own future and reimagine our own future in our own way. So all we are asking is for a platform. All we are asking is for a chance mm. to define our future for ourselves and to be responsibly and calmly corrected. I don't know if I'm making sense, but for him to generalize like that, whereas we face different issues and we come from different backgrounds as young people, I think that's, uh, that's a dangerous view. Good evening, KG. We need a new breed of leaders free of corruption. And those leaders that will appreciate where we come from that we should move in a direction where we will become a country that will really be proud again of themselves as being a rainbow nation. And that is where the youth of the day comes in, where they must focus newly on the ethics of uh, taking a country forward and uh, eradicate all these corruption that currently uh, curtailing what we need to do in this country. Beautiful country of ours. Thank you. Wow, I, I love the word reimagine. Um, yeah. um, so so many poignant things because the truth yeah. of the matter is it's really not a, a glossy at all. Yeah. Um, uh, you know uh, this this South Africa. It's quite incredible that <laughs> one of the most glaring things to me because I just observed a lot of media uh, today, uh, television, online. One of the most glaring things was the celebration versus commemoration part. There were um, 
a lot of people who <laughs> who wore school uniforms yeah. and drink expensive champagne <laughs> and pose next to the expensive cars, right? Yeah. Um, and they those people call it a celebration, right? And mm. and 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 there's um <laughs> there's the other side that uh, the the lady who spoke here, I didn't get her name, who yes, says yes. We, we need to reimagine and we are the generation that has mm. some unlearning to do and mm. relearn and understand the needs of the youth of today. But mm. the most glaring difference is issues of economics. And mm. until you find a way uh, to deal with that balance, then mm. we're, we're sort of stuck. And she says, we didn't teach them any level of activism we were the activists and then yeah. we stopped yeah, yeah. I, I mean i really i really agree with her uh, and uh, i agree with her to, uh, uh, but when it comes to access to to things kg i've always said to people i, I find it very strange that uh, people will say we don't have access to this access to that and comes january actually when people fight for education and say nespas is not doing this you find the people that are going to these rallies, but they're wearing Nike, Levi's, expensive phones, expensive hair looks and whatever. So even though people say we don't have access to internet or whatever, they, they're consuming expensive brands which don't really push But we cost. created a consumerist society, didn't we? That's what we, we did. So, so I would agree with her and say there has to be a give and take, you know, in this whole conversation. Not the, 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 both the parties must bear responsibility. We as parents, we must say, yes, we never taught these kids to become activists. And activism, at the time that we grew up, was not activism pushing a particular ideology, was pushing a national agenda. And the challenge that we have now is people want to become activists to put a particular agenda, which is carried by one person, who most of the time, they've got their own skeletons and they're trying to hide them by whatever. So yes, we need to teach these kids to become active in, in, in their own environment. Yeah. Let's go to calls. Uh, Billy, your people want you. Um, you're the famous <laughs> one here. Uh, oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> Nikita, welcome. Um, good evening. Um, welcome to the show. You are you uh, and your guests. Uh, please allow me. Okay, this is Nikita from Marawal, a township in Rabecha, formerly PE. Mm-hmm. I would like to start with this, right? Um, and you can correct me on this. Uh, I feel like it's been classes. Saying that you go to rallies with Nike shoes, are you saying us the poor should go the best seat and wait for your guests, your guest sons to give us hand-me-downs of shoes? Because you don't know how we, we could pay for these shoes because they may be not branding, but we know the quality of the brand. So we must wait for the hand-me-downs. But that's not my point. I'm, I just wanted to start there. My point is this. We live in a country that has a great hygiene coefficient, right? I, as a black township non-binary person in South Africa, feel that those people who stay in their estates and they get there, they are rich on purpose and they want to keep that richness. They have money occupies a class consciousness, a social consciousness. Mm. And for us on the ground who struggle every day, I have to wake up I have to wake up at five o'clock every morning to catch a bus to my university. Somebody now to my Metropolitan University at half past five. Boil water but can't afford a geezer, even if there was a geezer can't afford electricity. 
and with a Nespa's view for two hours to find that the phone was not even captured, right? So their students, their, their children who got to university, went to this place, could not do their jobs, right? And then you go to Fismat Fall, the, the same government applies its monopoly on forces to brutalize this social um, disobedience, which is now being praised of 1994. And it wasn't a youth-led, it was student-led, learner-led, uh, and with some allies. But the same government will use this technology to release tear gas, rubber bullets, stun grenades. There's no dogs now, there's no live fire, but it's the same kind of thing. And as I learned, my issue is people of this country who wear those uniforms and drink expensive champagnes or wines and cognac or whatever are forgetting where they started from. Mm. And now they want to pontify and use their charities as peaceful things. I, I was I put enough to do social work, right? I understand there's no such thing as charity. These things should be institutionalized, coming from the state with private sector mm. leading um, innovative solutions. You know, the state can have restrictive finances, fiscal um, fiscal budget, and then maybe it will be adop- adopted by the state. Mm. Mm. And mm. so it it really pains me. Because I am in that position of the youth of nineteen of nineteen of of, of the, the students uh, students and learners of nineteen sixty six, and it it really pains me what Saraska is, and Aisha said it, it was a dream defiled, not a dream deferred, which I believe it is defiled. But as long as we draw bread, and there are still people who who are conscious and understand their their position, remember itself is something that can be fixed. Point but made. Point made, Nikita, because we've we've got a lot of callers, and I do like the fact that you brought the issues of the LGBTQI plus issues. But I have a commercial break that I am being demanded uh, to go to. Thank you very much for your call. I'm going to come back uh, with a call again from Anonymous, and then uh, some voice notes, and then you can respond, uh, Billy. Like I said, guys, I'm just a visitor in this house. It's ten fifty one. Late Night Conversations. Social Conversations. Welcome back to Late Night Conversations. My name is Khamboza Keijimwekizi. I'm in for Patricia today. And uh, we are trying as best as we can to answer a question that was asked by Billy Siligane, uh, who's Africa's number one professional inspirational speaker. Have we uh, failed our youth by not preparing them thoroughly enough for life? Have we made things appear easy? And uh, it's Mindfulness Wednesday, so we've been taking calls. So we'll start with, is it uh, Anonymous? There's Anonymous. Hello, Anonymous. Welcome. Hello to you. Good evening to you. And welcome to our homes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey Thank you. I don't know if I pronounce your name well. You did perfect. <laughs> you treat your guests nicely. Thank you. Okay. And uh, also to your uh, to the guest, uh, the, your guest that's on the... Yes, Mr. Billy Siligane, yes. I just want to bring, I'm first time speaking to both of you, but I, I just want to bring one thing to everyone's notice. You know, I've listened to uh, to uh, certain persons that have called on your 
platform right now mm-hmm. and stated that uh, the the problem that they go through they don't have the facilities and uh, you know they uh, they don't have lights in their home and they have a struggle and we like portray everyone to be okay mm-hmm. you know uh, mm-hmm. we imagine everyone is okay but mm. we don't go down to the ground and go to the uh, the, the person's homes and see their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. No more we do that. No more social workers do that. I know when I was a social worker, I used to go door to door. And I used to look for the poorest of the poorest. Yeah. And I would love to help them. If they didn't have lights, I'll try to get the lights on for them. If they didn't have water, I would try to do something for them so that the child goes to school. Mm-hmm. I'm more important in the child going to school. I'm not so important in, in the parents or the adults or what they do in their life. Mm-hmm. Whether their parents uh, take alcohol or drugs, it doesn't matter. But the child must be. So I'm suggesting that every person, whether you are a municipal worker, whether you are a business sector, from mm. the business sector, or whether you anybody, whether you can adopt, if you earn over like uh, twenty five, thirty thousand a month, mm-hmm. if you can adopt a, a child, a disadvantaged child, I'm not saying take them and keep them in your home. Mm-hmm. I'm saying adopt them and and pay for their education. Hmm. They can live in their own home with their parents, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you've got no space for them in your home, so they can live with their parents, but adopt them and pay for their education. Hmm. Adopt each poor child and see that they get an equal education as everyone else. Because so much of money has been stolen in Parliament, they earn a fat cat salary yeah. and they earn a further triple amount yeah. in handouts. Yeah. So somebody could adopt the children you know, whether it's a politician, whether it's anybody who earns Absolutely. I think it's powerful. Adopt. I think it's powerful, Anonymous, because we have to find a way to bridge the divide. And, and yes. to a large extent, we're a society that always we says government this. We poor, poor all the time. You government know, by, that. Uh, by adopting the one person, you educate that one child. That one child will then get a job and uplift their family and will educate his other siblings. I always make reference to uh, a powerful story that I saw online of uh, the Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo, uh, who had, um, I think, a gentleman in uh, the nearby suburb where he worked, uh, giving his family food as he was growing up. And uh, he's found ways to repay those favors uh, by giving to disadvantaged children in his communities. But thank you for your call. We go to Madwaha. I hope I said your name correctly. Welcome to Late Night conversations i should be welcoming you thank you thank you these people are so nice to me thank (laughs) you (laughs) Uh, kg i'll be very brief one um that generation of 1976 has has, has done wonders has done well in terms of executing the mandate that history has put in front of them Mm. the reality is that Today's generation is not doing very well in mm-hmm. attending to the mandate that history has put in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, politically, we are free uh, to an extent. Uh, we are free to join parties. We are free to vote. All of those political. But economically, we are in bondage. Mm. All these attempts that your previous caller had made mention of, they are very well and good. Mm. But the reality is that for the overwhelming majority, that, they, that won't bear fruit. The reality is that institutions that are supposed to empower humanity, not just us as black people, humanity in general, mm. they are monopolized by individuals that do not have a heart, mm. you know, and they are monopolized by individuals 
who are not nakedly racist, uh, KG, mm-hmm. but you can see that nothing is of significance goes to develop black people. If you were to look, I, I, I stay close to Selborne College in East London. Mm. Go to the field of Selborne College, you'll see the boards of all these major companies mm. through their corporate social investment. They are plowing millions into these previously white-only schools, mm-hmm. which can now also, of course, be attended by some very few blacks, you know. Mm. But the millions that they've made, these companies that are clearly by now still dominated by whites, are plowed not to invest in the futures of the previously impoverished, but they invest in the futures of the already advantaged. Mm. That's Mm. one problem that we have. And another problem sits with us, KG, we tend to be very superficial. Mm. Um, If I must say we are very cowardly. Mm -hmm. We, we, We are cosmetic. We don't talk to the base. We talk to the superstructure, the issues that we see in front of our eyes. We don't dig deep. The reality is that there's, there's you see, there's a pol- deep-seated political and ideological, I, ho- I hope your, your guests will understand what I'm talking about, political and ideological uh, hindrance to the development of black people. Mm. Here is Matuaha. He succeeds at NMMU, gets a degree, he studies, gets a job, gets 20000 a month. But boom, black tax. Yeah. His family cannot afford water. His family cannot does not even have money for electricity. His family has the siblings have no clothes. Everyone is poor. So by developing matuaha, you're not necessarily assisting my family, Mm-mm. but in a way, you are sort of alleviating the pain. I'm saying, uh, Mama, today the, the 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 solution that we have is that today's generation needs to reimagine its future and its future should not be barricaded by the colors of the ANC and the DA. Unfortunately, you must mention these things because it seems that these are the main barricades. If you look at who is charging money, the colors of the ANC appear. I'm, 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 going is- to, I'm going to absolutely have to let you go because I've got more calls, but I, I'm leaving it at uh, the reimagined part uh, because I think what you put out is extremely important. Silo Komukopan, I recognize that name. Hello, Silo <laughs> Komukopan. Hi, Mami. Hi, Mami. Welcome. Oh, look, uh, uh, um, uh, we cannot blame the, the youth of today for the corruption of the leaders. We cannot blame the youth of today for the same government, the same black government, for not implementing what they always say in their conferences. That, that, that should be clear. Youth can go up and, and dance go strategies with KTM. But if they political will is not implemented, the resolution of the governing party is not implemented, we can jump as much as we want. Hmm. We are not going to um, <sighs> uh, get what we are fighting for. Okay. Thank you, so, sir. So, 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 yeah, the, the notion of blaming us, it must be squashed out right now. And then lastly, I know we are about to, to, to close off. The notion again in Tatepin to suggest that people who are 
uh, uh, don't have money or uh, not working, they are wearing labels. Not cake when I get a feeling. Please remove it in your mind. Okay. Th- thank, thank you. You know, Billy, you, you know, there's China malls where people buy <laughs> fake labels. You, you know that that exists. And you know that the one thing that <laughs> if you're black, you know how to find the best bargain. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's, it's almost intrinsically uh, in us. We know how to look good at very little. Uh, so yeah. we, we, we must never sell the notion. I, I agree that when, when black people look good, they always necessarily spend a lot of money. Money. Yeah. I think we need. To, I, I think in closing, KG, we need to. We need to. I need to to give people three things. You know, actually, the first one I say that there are two very important dates in any person's life. The first date is the day you were born. It's very critical. It's your birthday. You celebrate it, and the second one is the day you find out why you were born. Mm. And too many people don't take time to find out why they were born, and. Whatever political, whatever thing that people speak about, those things are external, you know, and we cannot deny that they affect our lives. But I always say to people, what else can you do? What else can you personally, individually do? And I want to close with a story, and I want people to go and research and read the story. The story of Batu, you know, the, the CEO of Batu is a guy called Theo Baloi. Go and read his story, you know. This is a guy who built a very powerful brand that is still growing, you know. And read his story. And there are many of you out there who've got, who've got what it takes to make it happen. But I want you to always ask yourself, what else can I do? Away from all the noise that the government is corrupt, that there's this. What else can you individually do? And I can promise you, once you begin to think in that way, you'll be surprised how much providence begins to move with you. Because I believe each and every one of us were not born accidentally, we're born intentionally. Hmm. But when we give away our power by looking at external things, while we have a guy who has built a batu, we've got drip, we've got a guy from Temsa called Sebu build a brand called Kicks, we've got DJ Spoo building more fire. We've got a lot of young black men and young black women who are really out there and making things happen in spite of all the quagmire of the corruption and whatever. So here's what I want the young people to ask themselves. What else can they do individually? And you'll be surprised that when you ask yourself this question, you're opening up a different neurological pathway in your mind because that question makes you a victor, does not make you a a victim. Then things happen. Listen, thank you for allowing me to uh, invade my mind into the <laughs> things that you do on this show. Um, and I hope I didn't veer too far from what you normally do. Um, I do appreciate very much uh, the questions that you have forced me uh, to reimagine <laughs> myself. And uh, let's get your contact details for those that will want to get in touch with you, with you even way after I'm gone. Cool. Uh, my email is, uh, I'll give you my office email, is pa at com. I'm on Facebook as Bilisilegani, on LinkedIn, Bilisilegani, on Instagram, Bilisilegani underscore speaks. And yeah, get me in those platforms and let's connect and let's grow together because I don't know everything, but the little, the little that I know, 
I'm sure can shift you to the next level. Fantastic, as we all reimagine a different future uh, for uh, the youth of today. Thank you, Billy Siligane. Siligane is spelled S-E-L-E-K-A-N-E, and that's Billy with a Y. It's six minutes past 11. Can you believe it? I survived. We're in the second hour of Late Night Conversations. You are listening to SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide.